Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. And there you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they, tr they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Three women go to Jesus' tomb on the third day after his death, fully expecting to find a dead, decomposing body. But when they get there, the tomb is empty, and the young man dressed in white tells them that Jesus has risen from the dead. And how did they react? They fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered. That's not exactly the reaction you might expect from people who just discovered their beloved teacher and Lord had risen from the dead. Who were these women? Mary only gives a few details, but we know they were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome. And what were they doing at the tomb? They were bringing spices to anoint Jesus' body. Mary had already practiced having done that with the costly oil and her hair before Jesus' betrayal. Now their Lord Jesus was dead, and they go to the tomb to mourn and grieve and do what they couldn't do the previous day because it was a high Sabbath. But they didn't know yet that there was nothing left to mourn. That's a pretty bleak place to be, even if it's exactly what you'd expect. But let's think about it. These women had been following Jesus for a while. They had seen him perform miracles. They had heard him preach. They had witnessed him resurrect Lazarus from the dead and then watched him die on the cross. Everything is laid out for them. They know what they're going to do next, at least what they thought, in that final act of mourning, bringing spices to anoint his body. They were mentally prepared, expecting the worst possible final act, holding that dead body, anointing it, and wrapping it, that of their already corrupting Lord. Of course, the angel interrupted that. But when reality didn't match up, they couldn't handle it. And can you blame them? Think about all the times when you've expected something to happen just so, only to have reality come crashing down on you. Or imagine all the times you expected the worst and then something unexpectedly better happens. You're surprised. That's the nature of the future. It's always unnerving, scary, and confusing, leaving you feeling like you don't know what to do because you can't guarantee its result. But here's the thing regarding the future. You don't have to go through it alone. It isn't completely unknown. Jesus has his angels give you a message to comfort, console, and direct you, as he did those women. The angel gives them knowledge of the future that is known now and quite real. The young man in white, an angel messenger, tells the women to go and then tell the disciples that Jesus has risen from the dead. What good news? But again, what happens? The women 
run away, scared and bewildered, unable to process what they had just heard. It's too good to be true. Not even in their wildest, wildest imaginations did they expect that. There was no way they could mentally prepare for that. But eventually, they do go and tell the disciples. And how do the disciples react? But the same. They don't believe them either. They even think it's an idle tale or a myth or some kind of fable meant to appease them or distract them from the reality of a dead Lord. They think the women are just speaking in euphemism like we do at funerals. He's gone to a better place or you'll see him again someday. What's in common with the disciples is also with the women. They respond the way they do because they were afraid. Fear kills hope and faith. Another evangelist says that these were disbelieving for joy. They had followed Jesus for so long and now he was gone. From the women, they hear that he had risen from the dead, just as he said he would. And despite this most astonishing good news, they didn't know what to do, those disciples, or where to go. He quite literally has changed the future. It seems he has set them on a different path, which they will later call the way. Christians. They were, at that moment, though, lost, because the idea of a resurrected Messiah was too much for them to handle. Seems surprising, right? Because Jesus had promised to be with them always, even to the end of the age. He repeatedly promised that he would rise again on the third day. And even though they didn't understand what was happening and were scared and confused, Jesus was still there and would be. Sometimes our expectations don't match up to reality. We can plan, prepare, and hope for the best, but sometimes things just don't go the way that we want them to. Or we go the other route, we swallow the black pill, expect the worst, and then we'll hope to be shocked anyway when God gives us something better than what we expected. Again, because facing the future, especially when it's unknown, is scary and confusing. But again, what if Jesus, by his promises and his gifts, tells you the future? gives you something even better than you could possibly imagine. What if the future is known to you and that Jesus is with you even when you don't understand what's happening? This is what we call faith. Faith is more than having all the answers and knowing exactly what will happen next. Faith hopes that the Lord will work all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Faith hopes even when beyond reason and experience. Faith is about trusting that God is there even when we can't see him or even when it seems what we're experiencing is far from him. What if Jesus promises and gives something even better than what we could imagine? Well, he does. Faith is about believing that there is a good future even in the darkest moments. Jesus gives more and greater than we could ever hope for. He gives hope against despair, light to shine in the darkness, and even life in the midst of death. This is why Jesus hasn't stopped sending his angel messengers to comfort you in the midst of your anxiety or despair or worry 
or fear, especially, about the future. His angels say to you, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is, present tense, ongoing reality. He is risen. And now he has ascended into heaven, and he has breathed his promised spirit upon you, his church. By his word and spirit, he is with you and closer to you now than ever before. And today, with that nearer presence, he speaks to you his word of forgiveness. His baptism washes you clean, absolves you in that saving flood. He gives you to eat and drink with him, receiving life, forgiveness, and eternal salvation in his body and blood. That's the culmination of the promises that the angel gave to those women on that Easter morning, at least for now. Christ Jesus, the resurrected Lord, remains with you by his word and gifts, yesterday, today, and always. His presence for you in the divine service is no less real than his appearing to the women and the 500 and all the disciples and the two on the road to Emmaus. His word and gifts give you confidence Hope that overcomes fear. Hope for the future. Because you know the future now. He promises to you today that there is nothing today, tomorrow, or forever that can ever separate you from him again. Not even death, hell, or the devil can do that. For they have been overcome by his cross. So friends, when life doesn't go quite how you'd expect it to, when fear and confusion threaten to overwhelm you, remember that you are not alone. Jesus is with you, and he has overcome the world. Even today, he gives you to taste and see the goodness that is to come. He shows you a future that nothing and no one can rob from you. You are forgiven. You are washed clean. Your conscience is free, and you are fed and nourished for the rest of your days, even into eternity. Let us pray. Now I will cling forever to Christ, my Savior true. My Lord will leave me never, whate'er he passes through. He rends death's iron chain, he breaks through sin and pain, he shatters hell's grim thrall. I will follow him through all. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.